I think it's a bit cliche. A lot of people will tell you that just enjoy what you're doing, but it is true. Unfortunately, it is very true that what you should do is what you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the other side, the podcast about life beyond college and the damn good stories of those who have tread this path before you. We are your hosts, Sabya and Surya. So after our last episode, we kind of planned not to talk to consultants for a while, but this guest's story was so intriguing that we were just curious to hear about what he's doing and about his plans for our future. So today's guest is Arun Narayan, a 2017 graduate from IIT Madras. He joined McKinsey out of campus, but chose to leave it in less than a year and uh, pursued a master's in economics at ISI Delhi which is, uh, I think, quite an offbeat path to take. Yeah, uh, that is definitely offbeat. And I think that was uh, one of the main reasons uh, why both of us wanted Arun on the podcast. So the first time I came across Arun's name was uh, when I read an article he penned for TFIE, uh, where he wrote about his life at IIT Madras and uh, what he learned from it and what all mistakes he made over his uh, five-year time at IIT. So I read this article as a sophomore and it was very philosoph- very philosophical to say the least. And uh, it gave me a very good idea of what to expect and uh, what to do and what not to do over the next uh, three years. So immediately after reading the article, which was extremely well written, I wanted to meet Arun ever since. And uh, that was another reason why uh, we asked him to join us on the podcast. Uh, so besides that, uh, Arun, like me, is an electrical engineer. Who spent, who spent most of his time in the humanities department. So uh, that was a, another personal reason uh, why I wanted Arun. Uh, so with that, uh, Sabya will be your host for today's episode. Uh, and Sabya, why don't you tell our listeners uh, what you talked to Arun about? So like you mentioned about the T5V article, my topics for discussion come out from that, which revolves around his life at IIT Madras, his tenure as speaker, which is basically heading the student parliament and his idea of success, at least from a college perspective. And then we move on to his uh, journey to uh, Masters in Economics in ISI Delhi. And he explains about why he joined Masters, how can someone join that master program, and who should be suitable for this program. And uh, he also explains beautifully about his project, where he gives a different and interesting analogy of prisoner's dilemma. Uh, by giving example of Weed and Dean, uh, which is something you should look out for. So let's get over to the podcast now. Hey Arun, uh, thanks for hey. coming on the podcast. Really glad to have you here. I'm really glad to be here. I think what you guys are doing is very, very cool. I think you guys are turning out to be much cooler than us. <laughs> Juniors are turning out to be much cooler. I think uh, that's what we will feel also past like two, three years. <laughs> uh, so let's let's get to the topic now. The reason why we wanted uh, you on this podcast was your journey was something uh, which you found some slightly different from what others take. And like even if you ended up doing a consulting job, what a normal you would do from IIT, like would dream of, but you changed to something yeah. very different very quickly. And yeah. uh, we were very intrigued with your idea of thinking, like we read somewhere for articles and we, we thought yeah. you could tell something which 
uh, we can gain from and even the audience can gain from so so let's let, so let's talk about your iit madras insta life a bit how it all started i think to be very honest if i look back at the first day of first sem i was very very out of sorts in life in general and i had just taken up engineering purely because i seemed to be good at solving these short questions very quickly okay. and that was the reason i just cleared jee and i had very little idea what i wanted to do with do with my life i think i, I don't know how many of uh, us enter in with this mindset but for me it was this that it was a very random decision i i have i was good at something and that something ended up coinciding with what was required to clear jee i think that, that ends up being a trap it's a huge honey trap so why do you say so <laughs> you a lot of us end up regretting doing that like for for example i definitely end up ended up regretting not thinking deeper about what i want to do with my life okay i think if i thought about it a little more maybe if i had given it a little more time i may not have ended up doing engineering okay so but did you find out what what you wanted to do in while while you were in industry like in those 5 years yeah i think i think the portrait i sketched of myself when i started out in industry that changed drastically like over 5 years it changed okay. a huge amount like i think part of it was because of the really high quality of my peers I and mean, there was a lot to learn from them and i think it changed the way i thought in very very significant and substantial ways but also because there are so many things that you can do in industry you inevitably end up understanding who you are based on which of those things you like doing and which of those things you don't like doing so i think that's why industry ends up being kind of like a journey of uh, i don't know this might sound cliche but it ends up being like a journey of self realization and i think it, it, this is one of those uh, ways in which it tends up being that because there are so many things that you do so many things that make you realize that you are this kind of person this is much tougher to do after industry i think that's what i realized like 3 years down the line that you cannot do this after you have graduated from industry the the variety of things that you can explore will shrink considerably and failing at things will have real and very significant consequences okay. unlike in industry where you can fail at things like i could i could i could direct a horrible play in front of like 200 people and i could i could feel horrible but i come back to my wing i come back to my uh, wingmate i watch random videos with them on youtube while laugh for hours and i'm fine i'm good to go nobody cares it's all forgotten so one thing i wanted specifically to discuss with you was the idea of success like i i see you have done a lot of things while you were in industry like you had an elected position in like industry wide you had an elected position in hostel you were involved in like as you said dramatics and you directed plays and a lot of other things so did you have some kind of an idea of what you wanted to be like what what success for you will be in, in let's say in industry terms yeah i think when i started out in industry i had a very definite idea of success based on what i saw 
uh, others were doing so there were all these uh, people in my batch who suddenly found themselves being really cool tech guys going to like robotics or whatever and uh, i found myself thinking why am i not able to do whatever they are doing and then hmm. i saw all these people being good at drums and all these people being good at acads and i i tried to mold myself into these kind of people i tried to ensure that for example by mugging a lot in first and second sem hmm. i got a good cg and i tried to be the mugu and the <laughs> the start and that didn't work out because i realized after a while that you need to put a lot of effort to continue doing that and one thing that i realized is that putting that kind of effort doesn't come naturally to me so okay. over time as i realized that the, these things are hard i shifted my goal post <laughs> i said that okay maybe i am not this guy maybe i am maybe i am a, a uh, lit guy like i do hmm. a lot of lit talks and all of that and maybe i am that guy and to be honest if you do this for long enough you will find something that you are marginally good at and there will be things that you find very uh, serendipitous success in and hmm. that is what i found and that is what i decided was my thing and that is what i uh, told everyone that see i am this guy i am the um election guy i have held so many posts and to be honest after a while that i realized that these, these were not these were not my defining features i was not a uh, lit talk guy i was not a elections guy what i was was that i like to do some kind of thing some small section of those i did well okay it my idea of success went from having a, a really uh, nice story for people to wonder at to just doing things that i enjoy and having things that would inform who i was so that mm-hmm. i could figure out what i want to do consistently not just do f- just for the sake of getting recognition I, and i think that happens quite a lot at least i can see in insti let people are doing something which is cool and people just follow it because yeah being in yeah. that position is cool or doing that course is yeah. cool and yeah. the, don't think much about what they would actually like to do don't you think it's uh, i mean one way to do it is like doing multiple things and finding out what is there but still there's some sort of peer pressure right and yeah how do you think you managed or someone can manage this that peer pressure yeah i don't think i managed peer pressure that well to be honest the first couple of years i i found myself going with the herd i i did do a lot of random shastra publicity and all of that and uh, i think in one sense that is important like i mentioned earlier it is important to do all kind of things so that you figure out that there are some of these things i really hate man like i don't want to do these in my life and once you have mm. that uh, realization you can now just focus on things that you do want to do i wouldn't say advise uh, freshies to just give in to peer pressure but i would also advise them that don't stay away from things because they are being they are being hyped up by your peers there might be invaluable lessons from them even if you don't like those things yeah and through all this uh, uh, like 
did you ever face any kind of existential crisis when you were in three i think i think a lot of people at least nowadays face but i just want yeah. to know your story yeah it's very hard uh, for me to figure out when it was that i had an existential crisis but i i know for certain that for a very long time in my first and second year i really did not know where life was going it it was in the sense of my place in industry like i didn't know what i was doing and i really did not understand why i was doing whatever i was doing and to be honest the thing that helped me come out of such a phase mm. was that i joined p5v and i wrote a couple of these articles and i realized that people generally cared about the things that i wrote in those articles so one of the articles i wrote was about manual challenging this was mm. one of the first articles i wrote for t5v and there were these people uh, from outside in see from inside in see people who had these really uh, really bad uh, experiences in life because they were of some specific caste or they had been on the lower rungs of the hierarchy they had really bad experiences and they identified with what i had written about manual scavenging and then i had these conversations with them and what helped me realize was that my, like my issues with who i am and uh, what i need to do are not that important compared to the kind of problems and issues that so many people are facing in life i just want to uh... to take you back to your uh, days when you were speaker what yeah. what were your key takeaways from like being an elected me- member of the student council for one thing it the position of speaker is very different from the other nine uh, elected in qi post when the other nine have to go through this intricate and elaborate process of convincing like 5000 10000 people all the speaker needs to do is convince 40 people or at least that was the case in my now i think it's like 70 80 people but in any case this is a very manageable number so if you have to convince only 50 people you can meet every one of them and convince them and you can convince them to the point that they will not vote for anyone else so i think for me from the election itself the uh, what i took away from the election was that i could convince people i could talk to them i could tell them what i thought the problem was with the system and i could convince them that i would be the right person to fix those problems in the system so that was my key takeaway from the election itself if i had a few takeaways from the tenure it would be the fact that i really cared about making things better like i really wanted to ensure that the problems that were brought up were discussed properly and there was some whatever solution possible that it was taken up and passed on to the admin i know it's not a huge deal like there's very little likelihood of whatever you're doing actually impacting each and every person but i But just wanted to still do it yeah exactly i i cared about those issues and i wanted to ensure that they were done regardless hmm. why did you oh, want to become a speaker though like what was the idea of becoming the speaker yeah yeah that's a great question because i faced this question literally with every person 
who was going to vote for me each and every one of them had four options the other three has been involved with sac for at least two years and i had zero experience in sac so this was some justification i had to make to at least 50 people and at least twice so the what i told them then and what i still believe was that i think because uh, everybody was used to this system of sac meeting like once a year twice a year and then discussing arbitrary things and not taking any action on them had become kind of the norm and i think that is why there needed to be somebody from the outside who was not who had not bought into this kind of system who could just shake things up by not being an insider so what happened was because i was the outsider as speaker i was able to uh, not just because i was an outsider it because i was an outsider who got elected on a platform of being an outsider bringing in change mm. they were much more willing to accept that that change when i brought it up in the first place there there's one thing uh, i want to discuss more is uh, i just want to know your views and pures as an insti now uh, i don't know what was it in your time but now i think there are like total number of core positions are now at least 80 to 100 in insti <laughs> <laughs> so pures are like uh, getting like the numbers are rising every day what what's your whole view of pures yeah this is something that uh, we debated extensively as part of uh i don't know if you know this but there was this constitution rewriting committee that was set up and there were a lot of discussions and a lot of things we redrafted the constitution majorly there were a lot of new things that were introduced but one philosophical point that came up during that time was this like what role do pos play in insti like why do we even have pos if they are so superfluous and if everybody thinks that pos are just a dirt and nobody should indulge so much in the game of chasing pos then should we remove them entirely one very interesting perspective that was brought up in those discussions was that pos play a very critical role okay think about the following if you are a uh, insti organization hmm. and if you want that organization to function for whatever purpose that it was set up you require somebody to direct it now either you can get people from outside to do it like for example saran you can get people from outside to be the leaders or whatever chairman or whatever of those committees alternatively what you can do is you can just get students to do it for free but why would students do it for free you need some associated benefit that they get out of the pos and okay. that is why i think this entire system of pos feeding into your cv comes in and not just that there is another reason why pos are important because whenever you go out into the quote unquote real world whenever mm-hmm. you join the corporate sector there are a lot of learnings that you will take from a pos there are a lot of uh there are a lot of takeaways about how to manage people there are a lot of takeaways on how to manage time and there are a lot of takeaways on how to ensure that an organization organization runs properly 
and these are genuinely valuable things so even if you take up your purely for the sake of the cv points it ends up helping you when you join the corporate sector hmm. does it really help in cv apart from like the experience part is different but yeah. uh, with most people doing it just for putting a core position let's say on cv does it actually help during placements or even after placements so i'll tell you the uh, to the extent at which it helps so okay. whoever uh, goes through your cv is most likely a recent graduate from ict so they know the difference between a sarang core and a, i don't know random whatever mitra core or whatever so there is a very clear difference between the two and they know it they know that if you have just put a core position for the sake of putting a core position they can easily figure it out so that, to that extent it will not matter if you ask me whether it will matter 3 years down the line it will not matter at all like 3 years after you uh, leave insti even a sarang course or a chatra course will not matter i think that that perfectly brings me to my next question which is about your placements and you joined mckinsey into like doing in, going into management consulting so did you have any particular aim where you are going forward or was there any particular reason i mean there will surely be reason why you took up management consulting why mckinsey but did you have an aim of what you are going to do in your career i to be honest i did not like consult was just the easy way out for me like that's the was it was it also because uh, you saw your peers doing it and it was something yeah yeah i that was definitely part of it like there were these really smart guys who were like wow consult is awesome consult is great let's do consult and i was like wow all these smart people are doing it so i must also do it like that's obvious that's an obvious way to get validation <laughs> if you can crack a consult interview that's the ready made validation for you so that was obviously part of it but i think more than that it was just really easy for me to go into consult because i was purely unemployable in core engineering like you could not employ me in a like in a texas instrument and make me do good work that would not have happened like i would be a horrible ti employee and i had not developed any of the proper non core skills like finance or ml or coding or whatever i did not have any of those skills either so now that is all that is left for me to take up or all these consult product manager and those type of roles and it does just so turns out that consult is slightly more reputable than all the others so i think it was purely the fact that it was a very easy way out for me for for not having done anything substantial that would land me a job <laughs> did, did you have any backup plan in case consult shortlist don't work out or something <laughs> no i had no plans i had zero plans like i had com- uh, applied to like a few consult companies and i applied to a few finance companies and i knew i would not get through any of the finance interviews because i knew jack shit about finance <laughs> so consult was like my only option but thankfully i got the consult the consult interview like i got the mm-hmm. shortlist for all of these mentee dcs we dealt with so that was fine i think one of them would have converted and and how was that uh, process about just to touch upon like your that semester the was the interview process yeah like the pressure I, and everything yeah yeah i i think a lot of people do feel the pressure they end up uh, taking a lot of uh, lot of uh, 
pressure on themselves a lot of stress but for me it was not that bad i don't know why that was the case like uh, i was fairly okay solving case studies and i was fairly okay going to any of these companies like some of these people have a very definite aim that i have to go to mckinsey like i cannot go anywhere else because mckinsey is the best option and there is nothing else that you should be doing and i had none of those things like i was okay with going to any of those three so because of that i didn't have any of the associated pressure hmm. but i think what uh, this leads into is that consult prep is very time consuming like you need to do all these case studies and you need to so it practically impossible for you to be preparing for consult and preparing for other companies like finance or coding or whatever so i think this is the main problem that consult companies don't take like 30 or 40 people. people yeah yeah they take like 10 people and if like 40 people are preparing seriously for consult and they prepare only for consult then there's going to be a real problem because there are 30 people who are not going to be able to figure out what their backup is so mm. i think in that sense there needs to be a lot more uh, i think that's improving like in today's time i think there are more consulting firms that are coming also okay uh, more product managers but still there's a lot of pressure like i was there in last semester and uh, i didn't get one of the consult shortlist <laughs> and i was like full depressed for like one week till like I had, I had to figure out what next to do what you said also happened to one of my friends like he was a core and he had the same issue like he was not in the consult shortlist but the thing is that i think he is better off now because he wasn't shortlisted for consult what like i think the i think the work he is doing now i think that makes him happier than if he had been in consult and i think this is true for a lot of people i think a lot of people don't realize that consult is not case studies like consult is not solving cases and presenting the solutions like that <laughs> the the like spoiler alert is entirely different like there are a lot of aspects that they don't tell you that was part 1 of our interview with arun where he spoke about his life at IIT Madras and the lessons he learned along the way. In part 2 of this interview, Arun talks about his journey in McKinsey, the reasons why he made the transition to the Indian Statistical Institute and about his future plans in economics research.